Welcome America. Fasten your seatbelts. This is the Jay Sheldon Show. I am I am completely unprepared, okay? I got everything ready, all my ducks in order, everything is set, clicking the right buttons, and suddenly at the last minute got distracted. Oh, look, a squirrel, shiny red object, and I lost it. I, I lo Anyway, we're back. Hello. Hi. CIA Russian collusion hoax exposed Matt Taibbi. And uh, Schollenberg, I'm telling you, these guys, one of the last few true journalists, sadly, uh, one of the other last few true journalists just lost their job. And uh, we can talk about that, too. AI is getting scarier and it is sucking up your information. And now AI is going to be able to be personalized. That should scare the hell out of you and your data for sale, but in a place you wouldn't think of. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. Happy Wednesday, hump day. We're halfway through the week. We're getting started. I got that. I got a whole bunch more to cover tonight. And of course, we'll continue on with our book, The Five Little Peppers and How They Grew. We did decide, by the way, we were going to cut out this book reading crap. But we heard from a lot of people who said they really loved it. They enjoyed it. Please continue. And we noticed our numbers picking up a little bit. We still have a few. We haven't, we haven't pissed everybody off. So uh, we get people that hang through. I don't know if you're just listening to me because you like the noise in the background or you actually are listening, but thank you. Really appreciate that. If you would like to show your appreciation in a way that costs you absolutely nothing, you sign up for a free Rumble account. It's easy to do. You don't have to start a live stream or post videos. You can if you like. You can just have an account in your name or some whatever Josiah1234. I don't know. Pick one. Pick a funny one. And uh, join in. Join in the fun. You get to chat in the live chat. You get to follow the show. That's that green button down there. Click that. It's free. And uh, we really appreciate that. Thank you. All right. Before we get started, there is a way you can help support the show and help support a company that is all about this United States of America, America. Blackout coffee. I am a coffee drinker, have been all my life. I love this stuff. This in that cup is blackout coffee. Be awake, not woke. Get some coffee with some values. Folks, this company is probably the most awake company I've ever seen. They are incredible. I am so proud to have them as sponsoring this show. And uh, one of the reasons is, of course, they support our American farmers, local co-ops. That's where they get their beans from, sourcing only the best. They support our troops with free coffee. You too can take part in that campaign. It is right there on the website. Right over here, you see it says support troops. Check it out while you're there. Use the link in our show notes. This company, not now I spent a lot of time talking about how pro-American they are because they are. But the bottom line is their product, coffee, amazing i'm telling you this company has found a way of not only sourcing their beans from just the right places but this small batch roasting process this is what makes the biggest difference your beans are not roasted till you order and then when you do order within 48 hours they roast your beans after you order and ship them out 
Your shipping is important. They pay special attention to that. You will get your bag of beans in probably two, three days anywhere in the U.S. And you grind them up, you run them through your coffee maker, and you go, wow, that's good coffee. Because it is. Always full-bodied, full-flavored, robust, never bitter. You can see some of the different brews, uh, different uh, roasts they have. Brutal Awakening, Morning Reaper, 2A, which is the one that uh, one of our uh, folks, our friends here, Robin, was it Robin? Sorry. Karen, uh, she ordered that. She loves it, she says. Signature Blends, uh, no compromise. They have flavored coffees, which are delicious. They have coffee pods. If you use coffee pods to make your coffee, they can take care of that for you too. Five pound bags if you are as addicted to coffee as I am. And when you check out, be sure to use our promo code to get a special deal. Use the link in our show notes. It's the top link down there. When you check out, use the promo code J20, J-A-Y, my first name, 20-20, and you will get a 20% discount on your first order. 20% discount on your first order from the good folks at Blackout Coffee. Folks, support this company, support the show. We really appreciate that. But you will get rewarded with the best coffee you've ever had, bar none. Absolutely bar none. This is the best stuff you've ever tasted. Thank you, Blackout Coffee. We love your being here. and We love your being part of the show. All right. They did it. Russian collusion and the CIA, and it all comes down basically to Obama, who just approved the whole damn thing. Brennan makes the call to Comey. Comey leaks the work docs to provoke and uh, to start up a special counsel. Schiff, that slime ball, pushes this lie to everybody and anybody he, that would listen. There wasn't a television camera this man didn't like lying through his teeth continuously to this day, even though it's been irrefutably proven to be complete bullshit. This man continues lying to everybody, saying he had irrefutable proof, which, surprisingly to no one, he never provided and still hasn't. And then Obama approved the whole operation. These four jokers belong in prison. Brennan, Comey, Obama, Schiff. Lock them all up. Unbelievable, these people. Absolutely incredible. And all of this news that popped today is thanks to a couple of reporters who are still actually reporters. From DC Patriot, check this out. The link is in our show notes. Strong evidence claims the CIA has masterminded the entire Russian collusion hoax. You know what? As I read this story, I thought to myself, yes, this is not a surprise. This is stuff we've known all along. For years now, we've been talking about it. It's been obvious. Everybody knew. They didn't want you to know. They were lying to you. But I guess the difference is now there's proof. 
Now our conspiracy theory has, you take the theory part, cut it off, because it's a conspiracy. Five Eyes leveraged it against President Trump. U.S. intelligence sought cooperation from foreign spy agencies to surveil 26 associates of Donald Trump ahead of, ahead of the 2016 election, sparking claims of a collusion between the former president's campaign and Russia. As per a dossier, a report, former CIA director John Brennan reportedly designated and presented these targets to intelligence-sharing allies within the Five Eyes group. Unbelievable. Reported from independent journalist Michael Schellenberger and Matt Taibbi, also Alex Gudentag. They're awaiting official confirmation, but it draws on multiple unnamed sources, including those close to the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence, which is led by Mike Turner, Republican from Ohio. Turner's office didn't respond to any requests for comments. Oh, color me surprised. Allegedly, this idiotic criminal intelligence community identified these 26 Trump associates as individuals to bump which is means to establish contact with them, to manipulate them. Bumping is a term in uh, intelligence jargon, means manufacturing a reason to interact, like you bump into someone. That's where the word bump comes, that's how they use it in intelligence circles. The British government communications headquarters reportedly engaged with Trump associates as early as March of 2016. Contacts were made across various countries, including the UK, Australia, Italy, according to sources. A GCHQ spokesperson dismissed claims of conducting wiretapping against then-president-elect as baseless. George Papadopoulos, at the time pretty much a nobody, Trump 2016 staffer, confidant, ridiculed, and persecuted by the Department of Justice, he added this. All of the, this is from Papadopoulos. All of this is laid out from beginning to end in my bestseller, Deep State Target. How I got caught in the crosshairs of the plot to bring down President Trump. All roads lead to London and Rome. Always did. There is apparently a dossier, a secret classified dossier, allegedly ordered for declassification by Trump. They believe that's really what they were looking for when they did the raid on Mar-a-Lago. Had nothing to do with anything else. They were trying to find this dossier. It was supposedly sealed in a special classified holding room of whatever kind somewhere in Washington. Guess what? It's disappeared. How convenient. You know, they don't even try and hide it anymore. They don't even try 
to hide it because they think you're stupid. We're not stupid, but they think we are. And that's where it all comes from. Warrantless surveys, a surveillance of U.S. citizens, warrantless, expressly, expressly prohibited by U.S. law. Former FBI lawyer Kevin Kleinsmith got probation in 2021 after admitting to falsifying an email to renew a wiretap against former Trump, uh, former Trump advisor Carter Page. You all remember that story. Last March, Durham concluded the FBI's investigation was seriously flawed, lacked evidence after a four-year review. Taibbi and Schellenberger, of course, were heavy into and published the Twitter files, as they were called at the time. And that exposed exactly how much social media had been used to be censored, silenced, dissonant voices like you and me, suppress news stories about, among other things, Hunter's laptop. There is a report in that link in our show notes from Chuck Calestro. Bombshell stuff. Bombshell. All about this Russian collusion hoax which we've been telling you and the awake people have pretty much known without the proof proof that it was the case. Now, the proof is in the pudding, folks, and the pudding tastes mighty good. This is insane. You really got to check it out. The link from uh, dcpatriot.com is in our show notes. And if you are on X... You can also go directly to Michael Schellenberger's uh, X account and read all about it. It's all right there. CIA had foreign allies spy on the Trump, Trump team, triggering the hoax. There's the criminals now. That's the thing. Obama approved this entire operation. He knew from the beginning how it was going to work and sat there and did nothing. Smile and wave, boys. You see, that this is a huge report, and this has got all the gory details in it. Can't read the whole thing far too long for the show, but well worth your time. This is one of the guys who still is a journalist. In a world full with absolute propagandists, legacy media buffoons who just sit there and spoon feed the unwoke, the unawake, I should say. We are awake. We're not woke. They spoon feed the woke, and the woke just gobbles it up. Give me more, give me more. Read that series from Schellenberger. Brilliant, brilliant piece. It's all there. Waiting for a couple of things to be confirmed, but it's all there. You must read this. Now, by the way, when we talk about the, the last 
of a very few true journalists that are actually journalisming. <laughs> I know, that's not a word, but it is a word for me, okay? You know what I mean. We're going to talk about unbelievable story. You know what? Let's, let's do it now since it's connected to what we're talking about. CBS, one of the members of exactly the buffoons that I've been talking about. You know, there was a time I grew up in this time, 60s, 70s, where we had three networks. Fox wasn't even around at the time. It was ABC, NBC, CBS. If Walter Cronkite, Peter Jennings, or Tom Brokaw didn't tell you that something was happening, it wasn't happening. Nobody knew. That was the power these legacy media buffoons had. If they didn't talk about it, it didn't exist. Since then, of course, they're all just in it for the money. They're all in it for the sponsors. For some reason, they're in it for this idiotic Biden administration and previously Obama. There were still a few what I would call true journalists working. Damned few. One or two, maybe. Catherine Heritage was one of them. And I say was. They just fired her. CBS, not just her. They have purged 800. 800 of their conservative reporters and staffers, including Catherine Heritage. Maybe there's a spot for her at Tucker Carlson's new network. Oh, can you imagine? She would be, Tucker, hello, Tucker, are you out there? Catherine Heritage. She was brilliant, is brilliant. She was a true, is a true journalist. CBS, who is not interested in doing journalism, candor. Just like Tucker and Fox, it's going to be Catherine and CBS. And I can't think of a better place for her to land. She'll land on her feet because she is a true journalist. I can't think of a better place than if she were to head on over to Tucker's network. That would be brilliant, wouldn't it? And CBS, you have just lost. You had no respect anyway from me. Zero. Nothing. It's in the negative numbers now. You're simply proving the point. I... This one, of course, all over the news today. Mayorkas was impeached. Yes. Well, it hasn't been confirmed because it's only the House, not the Senate. And you know when it gets to the Senate, nothing's going to happen. It's the same old circle jerk that goes on in Washington all the time. They don't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. Nothing changes. Mayorkas has officially been impeached by the House of Representatives over his dereliction of duty. 
and his refusal to secure the U.S. southern border. Final vote, 214 to 213. Three rhino Republicans who better get primaried and get them the hell out of office or make them switch party and call themselves what they really are, Democrats. Mike Gallagher, Tom McClintock, and Ken Buck voted against impeaching Mayorkas. Idiots. Traitors is what they are. Now, this is really, this says a lot. Of those three, Gallagher and Buck are retiring. So the last thing you want to do as you leave public service is become a traitor to your country? Seriously, that's your legacy you want to leave? For what? How much did you make to vote that way? You tell me you made nothing. You're full of shit. That's the legacy you want to leave, becoming a traitor to your country. How in hell did you ever get elected in the first place? McClintock, he needs to be forced to resign. That's exactly what he needs. Republicans as a whole have really lost the beat. You remember they got rid of George Santos, right? For no good, I mean, because it was the right thing to do. You think the Democrats, if all this were flipped, if the party affiliations were different, if Santos was a Democrat, he'd still have his job. They would have given him a little, little slap on the wrist. No, 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 Georgie, don't do that anymore. That's bad. And he'd still have his seat and everything. He'd be just hunky-dory. But the Republicans, who still love to play the little, oh, let's just play by the rules. Let's just do the right thing. Let's be fair to everyone. Because, you know, if, if we keep doing the right thing and, and not playing the politics, maybe they'll come around to our way of thinking. You are so full of crap. Have you not, after all these years, learned that? Do you not know that yet? You're not that stupid. Well, you know what? Maybe you are because it just never stops. Maybe, truly, you are that stupid. So what do they do? They dump Santos. And guess what happens? Headlines like this from Axios. Democrats flip George Santos's seat. Yeah. What was a Republican seat? The Republicans got rid of Santos. Special election held. And surprise, surprise, Democrat Tom Swosey from New York. He is the new representative. Won back his old seat. And the majority that Republicans have in the House now? Smaller. Nice job, Republicans. Is that the sort of do-the-right-thing crap you think is going to make you successful? Didn't work again, did it? You're just that stupid. So, there you go. There's your new Democratic representative who will be taking a Republican seat 
because you Republicans decided to give it up. You did it to yourselves. Suffer. Could not possibly care less at this point. You're just going to keep on doing it. It's going to keep on not working. The Democrats are going to keep on being Democrats, and they're going to roll right over you. We need some Republicans with some balls. And we don't have any. We, we have very few. You could count them on one hand. Wow. All right, give me a quick second here to tell you about one of our other great sponsors, and that would be Brickhouse Nutrition. Brickhouse Nutrition makes a product called Field of Greens. Folks, fruits and vegetables. I got 15% off. Check it out. Go to the website. The link is in our show notes. Dang, that's a good deal. Fruits and vegetables. Fruits and vegetables. Fruits. How many times do you have to hear it? You've heard it your whole life. Likely you still aren't doing anything about it because it's a pain in the ass, to be honest. You got to go to the store, shop for them. You got to prepare them, cut them up, skin them, peel them, whatever you do to prepare them to eat. And by the time you get to doing it sometimes, after you bring them home, they've gone off. They went rotten. But you still got to have your fruits and vegetables well. The folks at Brickhouse Nutrition have found a way. They have created a science-backed formula with all kinds of healthy, wholesome fruits and vegetables. These are not supplements. These are not Supplements. They are all ground up into a great tasting powder. You just mix it with whatever you like, green tea, water, orange juice. Orange juice works really well. And these are real USDA organic fruits and vegetables, not extracts. Comes in great tasting flavors. Super organic, super food, purely organic. If you look at the back of the package, it does not say supplement facts. It says nutrition facts. Because that's all they are. Field of Greens. Use the special link in our show notes. Try it. Try a, a, a jar once a day. Stick it in some green tea or water even or orange juice, whatever you like. Try it. And then when you go to your doctor for your next checkup, I am telling you, he is going to notice the difference. He'll say, whatever you're doing, keep it up because it's working. Because it will work. Field of Greens from Brickhouse Nutrition. There is a special link in our show notes down there for you to get an amazing deal when you order from Brickhouse Nutrition using our link. All right, check it out. This is good stuff, folks. You're not going to want to miss out. And you can do yourself the favor of getting yourself fit and healthier. We could all be just a little bit healthier. God knows I could. <laughs> Chat GPT back in the news. And it has to, you know what? It'd been too bad if NordVPN, which is one of our other sponsors, hadn't just uh, had their ad booked in there. But uh, anyway, <laughs> this might make you want to check out the link for NordVPN in our show notes. This story from Axios. Oh, man. <clears throat> Chat GPT is changing. They're becoming what they call more personalized. They're going to create a digital memory about you. Mm -hmm. 
when you go online and you use ChatGPT, I've used it. It's very cool. Scary, but cool. But it doesn't remember who you are or what you've asked it in the past. Now it will. Yep. This opens up such a Pandora's box, I don't even know where to begin. They're adding a feature to ChatGPT to remember both information about the individual users and how they want the chatbot to respond to different kinds of queries. Another step in allowing chatbox to customize itself to you. Another way of looking at it is another step to grabbing your personal information and things about you and storing them somewhere. This new memory feature is similar to giving custom instructions to ChatGPT exclusively for you because it knows your history, it knows your style, and it allows that information to be stored. Rolling out to a small number of both free and paid subscribers, OpenAI says the memory feature will be made available to business customers once the company is ready to broadly release this feature. They'll be able, yes, by the way, it's not just the computer. It's not just your data stuffed in some box somewhere in a computer on a chip. The company that owns and runs ChatGPT, OpenAI, will be able to see what they're storing as memories. It will be able to delete individual items or delete an entire collection of memories. You can opt in or opt out of this feature. It's uh, like an incognito mode, which will allow you to use ChatGPT without it collecting your preferences. OpenAI says it recognizes that there are concerns about safety and privacy. But they don't care. No, they didn't say that. But basically, they don't give a crap. So, the next time you're on ChatGPT, you just might want to think twice. I use it on an anonymous account. Scary, scary, scary. You know what? I'm going to bounce forward because this too well connects to what we were just talking about. It's from John Solomon's site, Just the News, and it has exactly to do with what I just was talking about. Collecting your personal data. Did you take your SATs? Many people did. Most people did. You had to fill in the form, your name, your address, your age, you know, all that crap. Well, guess what? Apparently, the college board has been selling your data. No, I'm not kidding. With the SATs, the PSATs, and the AP exams, College Board has settled with New York over alleged sale of students' personal data. 
They agreed to a settlement, claims the organization sold the personal data of students to colleges. $750,000 in restitution, not enough as far as I'm concerned, accepted a ban on any future monetizing of data from New York students obtained through contracts with the schools. They actually had a contract. The College Board administers the SATs, the PSATs, and AP exams. State alleged College Board sold the data to colleges and other organizations. It is supposed to be private. It ain't. Students have more than enough to be stressed about when they take their college entrance exams and they don't need to be worrying about their personal information being bought and sold. New York law requires organizations like the College Board to protect personal data that they collect from students when they take their exams in school, not to sell it to customers for a profit, which ain't happening anymore, but it has been and is, was happening for a long time. Oh, New York, start spreading the news. I'm leaving today, except now that line means I'm getting the hell out, which a lot of people are. And you might seriously want to think about it if you are in New York. Why? It's already a complete shithole, and it's getting worse, and guess what? Story today from Breitbart. It ain't going to get better soon. The FBI is now afraid. The MS-13 gangs, you heard of them, right? They may join the violent Venezuelan gang and wind up terrorizing New Yorkers. Thanks, of course, to our open borders. Stories frightening. The MS-13 gang you've heard of, they're in the news all the time. They're all over Cal, Southern Cal. Oh, they're not just in California, and they are soon looking at perhaps joining forces with the El Salvador, I'm sorry, Venezuela gang, Tren de Aragua. Equally violent, equally evil gang, which mostly hangs out in New York. All thanks to them sliding across our absolutely open southern border, unsecured open border. Thank you, Biden administration. Thank you, impeached Mayorkas. According to an FBI agent who spoke to the New York Post's members of Trende Aragua, that's the uh, Venezuelan gang, See, I, I've never heard of this until this story. MS-13, of course. Everybody here has heard of that. Who the hell knows Trende Aragua? Huh? Oh, you need to know this, folks. In New York, particularly the Bronx, Venezuelan president reported last year 
allowed top leaders to live in a VIP-style prison and even in many cases, escape. How lovely. If this gang, already uber-violent, winds up joining forces with MS-13, Escape from New York, the film ain't going to be a film anymore. It's already headed that way, and this, is a, this ain't going to help. You need to protect yourself. You need to be ready. You need to prepare. You need to arm yourself. Learn how to use a handgun or a long gun. Train. Be prepared. Unless you're in California. Your Second Amendment doesn't count. Look at this headline from Breitbart. We told you this was going to happen, and here it is, right in your face. Visa, MasterCard, American Express are all implementing a code to track gun purchase information in California. I have no doubt this is going to get challenged in court, but it's happening, happening right now. CBS News has reported the new merchant code is going to be used in order to comply with the California law that allows banks to potentially track suspicious gun purchases and report them to law enforcement. Happy about that? Major credit cards adopted the, then rescinded the plans. Remember, we covered this a long time ago, that they said they were going to do it, and they said, nah, okay, we're not. Well, guess what? It's back. They're doing it. <laughs> Discover was slated to begin tracking guns and ammunition. The news created a feeling of momentum for the left. March 9th, 2023, Breitbart News reported Visa MasterCard pivoting amongst the pushback, announced they would not be tracking. Well, it's all off now. They are going to begin using the merchant Visa, MasterCard, Discover, whatever, American Express, using that merchant code to track you and what gun and ammunition purchases you make. And it's all going into a database, and you are going on a list. <laughs> Second Amendment, California. Apparently, I didn't read the small print when I read the Constitution under that Second Amendment that said a little asterisk there at the end. And then you look at the bottom, it says, except California. Did you see that part? Because I... Apparently, I missed it. Apparently. These liberals, there's no talking to them. There's no arguing with them. There is, because they have no common sense. Nothing. None. I, I got, this show's had so much crap in it. Mayorkas, Obama, and the whole CIA hoax bullshit. 
of the Russian hoax, which now the proof is there. Complete, complete and utter BS job. We need something to lighten the mood because I can't just go into our book with this kind of crap going on. And I can't think of anything better than this. I've always been fascinated by talking birds. Parrots, macaws, the minor bird is one of the best talkers. We have them wild here. They're insane. They don't, because they don't interact with humans much, so they don't really talk. But they're a really good talker. This woman is speaking in a foreign language. I don't know what it is. But apparently her parrot chewed up her charger cable. And she's trying to blame the bird and yell at the bird. And the bird is having none of it. See if this doesn't just a little bit remind you of trying to argue with lefties. Just let it roll, let it roll. Arguing with lefties. Is that it or not? I think that was some form of Spanish, some dialect. That was amazing. It's like the bird actually understood and didn't want to let that lady get two words in sideways. This is great. <coughs> okay. <laughs> Insane. What else we got? We have our book, right? Where are we with that? Hang on. <laughs> What's happening here? Hold on, folks. Technical. Yeah, I know. All right. Sorry for the quiet. <laughs> I'll have to cut that out in post. <clears throat> All right, <clears throat> time for our book, <clears throat> The Five Little Peppers and How They Grew. That is the name of the book we have started in on. Uh, it's fantastic. I, I actually do remember my mom reading me, uh, reading this book to us. I'm the oldest of five kids in my family. Uh, yeah, we had big family. There were seven of us in total. And uh, strangely enough, the five peppers or the five Sheldons, as the case may be, uh, which I think is one of the reasons this book kind of meant something. Um, so we decided we would do that. The Five Little Peppers and How They Grew is the name of the book. It was first published back in 1881, written by Margaret Sidney. And we wound up at the second chapter yesterday. And we're going to continue there. This one's called Making Happiness for Mamsie.
And so, the minute her mother departed for the minister's house next morning, and Ben had gone to his day's work, chopping wood for Deacon Blodgett, Polly assembled her force around the old stove and proceeded to business. She and the children had been betimes that morning to get through the work, and now, as they glanced around with a look of pride on the neatly swept floor, the dishes all done and everything in order, the moment their mother's back was turned, they began to implore Polly to hurry up and begin. It's almost eleven o'clock, said Joel, who, having to, no work to do outside, was prancing around wild to help among the festivities. It's almost eleven o'clock, Polly Pepper. You won't have it done. Oh, no, tisn't either, Joe, said Polly, with a very flushed face and her arms full of kindlings glancing up at the old clock as she spoke. Tisn't but quarter of nine. There, take care. Phronsie, you can't lift off the cover. Do help her, Dave. No, let me, cried Joel, springing forward. It's my turn. Dave's got the shingles. It's my turn, Polly. So it is, said Polly. I forgot. There. As she flung in the wood, poked it all up nice, a little heap coaxingly. It can't help but burn. What a cake we'll have for Mamsie. It'll be so big, cried Fonzie hopping around on one set of toes, that Mamsie won't know what to do, will she, Polly? No, I don't believe she will, said Polly gaily, stuffing in more wood. Oh, dear, there goes Ben's putty. It's all come out. So it has, says Joel, going around the back of the stove to explore, and then he added cheerfully, It's bigger than ever. Oh, it's an awful big hole, Polly. Now whatever shall we do, said Polly in great distress. That hateful old crack and Ben's clear off to Deacon Blodgett's. I'll run and get him, cried Joe briskly. I'll, I'll bring him home in ten minutes. Oh, no, you mustn't, Joe, cried Polly in alarm. It wouldn't ever be right to take him off from his work. Mamsie wouldn't like it. What'll you do then, asked Joel, pausing on his way to the door. I'm sure I don't know, said Polly, getting down on her knees to examine the crack. I shall have to stuff it with paper, I suppose. Twon't stay in, said Joel scornfully. Don't you know, it's, you stuffed it before last week. I know, said Polly with a small sigh, and sitting down on the floor, she remained quite still for a minute, with her two black hands thrust out straight before her. Can't you fix it, asked Davy soberly coming up. Then we can't have the cake. Dear me, exclaimed Polly, springing up quickly. Don't be afraid. We're, we're going to have that cake. There, you ugly old thing, you, this to the stove. See what you've done? As two big tears flew out of Phronsie's brown eyes at the direful prospect, and the sorrowful faces of the two boys looked up into Polly's own for comfort. I can fix it. I must know. Do get some paper, Joe, quick as you can. Don't know where there is any, said Joel, rummaging around. It's all tore up, except the almanac. Can I take that? Oh, dear, no, cried Polly. Put it right back, Joe. I, I guess there's some in the woodshed. There isn't either, said little Davy quickly. Joel and I took it to make kites with. Oh, dear, groaned Polly. I don't know what we shall do unless... As a bright thought struck her, you let me have the kites, boys. Can't, 
They're all flown away, torn up. Well now, children, said Polly, turning round impressively upon them, the effect of which was heightened by the extremely crocky appearance she'd gained in her exploitations. We must have some paper or something to stop up that old hole some way there. I know, said little Davy, where we'll get it. It's upstairs. And without another word, he flew out of the room. And in another minute, he put into Polly's hand an old leather boot top, one of the most treasured possessions he had. You can chip it, he said, real fine, and then twill go in. So we can, said Polly, and, and you're a real good boy, Davy, to give it. That's, that's a splendid present to help celebrate for Mamsie. I'd have given a boot top, said Joel, looking grimly at the precious bit of leather which Polly was rapidly stripping into little bits. If I'd have had it, I don't have anything. I know you would, Joey, said Polly kindly. There now, you'll stay, I guess. And as with the united efforts of the two boys, cheered on by Phronsie's enthusiastic little crow of delight, the leather was crowded into place and the fire began to burn. Now, boys, Polly said, getting up, drawing a long breath, I'm going over to Grandma Bascom's to get her to tell me how to make the cake. You must stay and keep house. I'm going to nail, said Joel. I've got lots to do. All right, said Polly, tying on her hood. Phronsie, love to watch you. I won't be gone long. And she was off. Now, Grandma Bascom wasn't really the children's grandmother. Only everybody in the village called her so by courtesy. Her cottage was over across the lane, just a bit around the corner. Polly flew along and up to the door, knowing full well that she'd be helped out of her difficulty. She didn't stop to knock as the old lady was so deaf she knew she wouldn't hear it anyway, but she opened the door and walked in. Grandma was sleeping, sweeping the floor, already neat as a pin, and when she saw Polly coming in, she stopped and leaned on her broom. "'How's your ma?' she asked when Polly said good morning and then hesitated. Oh, Ma's pretty well, shouted Polly into the old lady's ear, and tomorrow's her birthday. Tomorrow will be a bad day, said Grandma. Don't ever say that. You mustn't borrow trouble, child. I didn't, said Polly. I mean, it's her birthday, Grandma. That last so loud, Grandma cap border vibrated perceptibly. Land sakes, tis, cried Mrs. Bascom, delighted. You don't say so. Yes, said Polly, skipping round the old lady and giving her a small hug, and we're going to give her a surprise. What's the matter with her eyes? asked Grandma, sharply turning around, facing her. She, she's been a sewing too steady, ain't she? A surprise! said Polly, standing on tiptoe to bring her mouth on a level with the old lady's ear. A cake, Grandma, a big one. A cake, exclaimed Grandma, dropping the broom to settle her cap, which Polly, in her extreme endeavors to carry on the conversation, had knocked slightly awry. Well, that'll be fine. 
Yes, said Polly, picking up the broom, flinging off her hood at the same time. And oh, won't you please tell me how to make it, Grandma? To be sure, to be sure, cried the old lady, delighted beyond measure to give her advice. I've got splendid receipts. I'll go get them right off. And she ambled to the door of the pantry. I'll finish sweeping up, said Polly, which Grandma didn't hear, so she took up the broom and sent it energetically and merrily flying away to the tune of her own happy thoughts. Yes, they're right in here, said Grandma, waddling back in with an old tin teapot in her hand. Goodness, child, what a dust you've knocked off. That ain't the way to sweep. And she took the broom out of Polly's hand, who stood quite still in mortification. There, she said, drawing it mildly over a few bits she could scrape together and then coaxing them into a little heap. That's the way, and they don't go all over the room. I'm sorry, began poor Polly. Taint any matter, said Mrs. Bascom uh, kindly, catching sight of Polly's discomforted face. Taint a mite of matter. You'll sweep better next time. Now, let's go to the cake. Putting the broom into the corner, she waddled back again to the table, followed by Polly, proceeded to turn out the contents of the teapot in search of just the right receipt. But the right one didn't seem to appear. Not even after the teapot was turned upside down, shaken by both Grandma's and Polly's ancient, anxious hands. Every other receipt seemed to tumble out gladly and stare him in the face. Little dingy rolls of yellow paper, ancient odor of spice still clinging to them. But all the efforts to find this one particular one failed utterly. Won't some other one do, asked Polly in the intervals of fruitless searching, when Grandma bewailed and lamented and wondered where I could have put it. No, no, child, answered the old lady. Now, where do you suppose tis? She clapped both hands to her head to see if she could possibly remember. Oh, no, no, child, she repeated. Why, they had it down to my niece Mirandy's wedding, and twas just elegant, light as a feather. Wasn't rich either, she added. No eggs, nor... Oh, oh, I couldn't have eggs, cried Polly, in amazement of the thought of such a luxury. And we've only brown flour, Grandma, you know. Well, you can make it out of brown, said Miss Bascom kindly. When the raisin's in, twill look nice. Well, we haven't any raisins, said Polly. Haven't any raisins, echoed Grandma, looking over her spectacles. Are you, what are you going to put in? Oh, cinnamon, said Polly briskly. We got plenty of that, and, and it'll be good, I guess, Grandma, she finished anxiously. A anyway, uh, we must have a cake. There isn't any other way to celebrate Mamsie's birthday. Well, now, said Grandma, bustling around, <coughs> I shouldn't be surprised if you had real good luck, Polly. And your ma set ever so much by it. Now, if we could only find that receipt, return it to the charge she commenced to fumble among her bits of paper again, I shall never forget how they eat on it. Why, there wasn't a crumb left, Polly. Oh, dear, said Polly, to whom Mirandy's wedding cake now became the height of her desires. If you could only find it, I can't climb up and look in the pantry shelves. 
Maybe tis there, said Mrs. Bascom slowly. You might want to try. Sometimes I do put things away so's to keep them safe. So Polly got an old wooden chair, according to direction, then mounted upon it with Grandma below to direct. She handed down bowl after bowl, interspersed at right intervals with cracked teacups and handless pitchers. But at the end of these explorations, Mirandy's wedding cake was further off than ever. Tain a mighty use at last, said the old lady, sinking down in despair, while Polly perched on top of the chair and looked at her. I must have given it away. Sounds like a good spot to hold it off for today, and we'll continue tomorrow with more of this chapter of The Five Little Peppas and How They Grew. All right. Thanks, folks. Please don't forget to hit that follow button. Give us a thumbs up. We really do appreciate it. Check out our great sponsors, Brickhouse Nutrition, Blackhouse Coffee, NordVPN. Make a purchase over there. Help to support our sponsors and our show. And I will see you all again tomorrow. You just heard the Jay Sheldon Show. Join us Monday through Friday here on Rumble. Thanks for watching. Snort. <laughs>